In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heard an old Frank Sinatra song the other day that reminded me of today's gospel lesson. It was, That's Life. That's life, that's what all the people say. Riding high in April, shot down in May. That's the gospel lesson for today. Peter was riding high in April, shot down in May. Well, actually, it didn't take that long. It was like four verses, and he was shot down. Remember last week we said that uh, Jesus was asking the disciples, who do people say that I am? Oh, well, you're, you know, Elijah, John, one of the prophets. Yeah, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter jumped up with a great confession. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Good answer, Peter. That's the kind of answer that I can build the church on. That could be a cornerstone confession. And uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, that's great. And then right after that, Jesus says uh, to them that he's going to have to suffer many things at the hands of the chief priests, scribes, and elders, and be killed, and the third day rise again. Peter, emboldened by his recent success, jumps up again and says, God forbid it, Lord, this will never happen to you. And Jesus turned on him like a rabid dog and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. This doesn't come from God. This is human stuff. Peter had to have been crushed by this. He thought he was doing so well. And he thought he was defending Jesus as if Jesus needed defending with force or power or violence or any of those kinds of things. He did not. He really did not. But Peter was kind of like everybody else at that time. He thought that the Messiah should come with force and power and violence and should do the things that everybody wanted for Israel. Kick Rome out for one thing heal all the diseases, feed everybody, have it be the golden age of Israel, prosperity. Ah, oh, that's what they all wanted. And Peter thought they should have that. But Jesus was saying to them, no, that's not the kind of Messiah I am. I don't deal with in force and power and violence because that just gets you more of the same. Whoever would lose his life for my sake will find it. And whoever would find his life uh, will lose it if he doesn't have me. So who, what are you going to give in return for your life? Jesus was saying that real life and real freedom, not just political freedom, but real freedom comes in recognizing that the sacrifice that Jesus made is for us and that the sacrifices we make is because of him. Peter was hoping that everybody could, could have you know, the good life and I think he and the disciples probably figured that Jesus needed a little help in the uh, public relations department. That this talk about suffering and dying, that's, that's never going to play with people. They don't want that. They want the good life. You know, maybe Jesus could have taken some advice from the United States Armed Forces, who even though they send young men and women to die, make it sound very cheerful as they describe it. Air Force, aim high. But what they don't tell you is, but you might crash and go low. Uh, Navy, join the Navy and see the world. But what they don't tell you is, mostly join the Navy and see the inside of latrines with a mop and a bucket. The few, the proud, the Marines, the first ones to get shot at. They don't tell you that either. Army, the toughest job you'll ever love, if you live. 
See, they don't do that, and they thought Jesus should leave some of that stuff out too. You know, that he would do better PR if he wouldn't keep talking about suffering and death and sacrifice. Sacrifice. That means you're giving something up for something greater later on. And people uh, are sometimes reluctant to do that sacrificing. We had uh, our oldest grandson, Caleb, is going off to college. So Deborah had a little book to write uh, words of uh, love and wisdom in. And one of, the, one of the sections I wrote is, remember, college can be really fun, but you also have to sacrifice something. You may have to sacrifice some fun once in a while to study to achieve the goal that you really want, which is your career in sports statistics. You may have to sacrifice. And what we find out is that that really is the good life. What we thought was the good life only masquerades as that. My parents were people who knew how to sacrifice. They were part of the greatest generation. The reason they call it the greatest generation is because the people knew how to sacrifice. They had grown up in the height of the, Dep the Great Depression. They had been in the World War II era where there was rationing and sacrifice for things to go on. And, and they were glad to do it for a greater gain later on. My parents sacrificed for us, three kids. They, did, they went without some things so that we could uh, have piano lessons and play sports and have new clothes and maybe get a new bike from time to time and uh, better education and things like that. They, they were glad to do it. They felt good in their sacrifice. And as I grew up with them and I saw that, I realized that really that was the good life. All the, not the stuff about the new bike and the new clothes and all that. The good life was working together with my parents on the farm and them making work fun. It was playing parcheesi and euchre and, and laughing till the tears rolled down our face. It was sitting together at supper and talking. And then my dad pulling out the little devotional booklet after supper and we had devotions. It was going to church and Sunday school and then having a big Sunday dinner with friends invited over. It was my dad propped up with his bad leg sticking out against the uh, tool shed with the catcher's mitt so he could let me practice my pitching. He sacrificed that. It was Dad going out with me at night with the BB gun and the flashlight to blow away a few of God's little creatures in the barn, starlings and sparrows. It was my mother sitting at the piano playing and all of us gathered around singing hymns and show tunes. It was going out and finding that special Christmas gift for my sister's gift exchange with the boy from the poorest family in town. It was helping a neighbor who was in the hospital get his crops out. That's the good life. It involved sacrifice. Jesus told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. And I think the reason he did that was to cure his satanic ways. If he would get behind Jesus, then he could just watch what Jesus was doing and do that. He could watch where Jesus was going and go there. That might cure his satanic ways. Instead of trying to figure out who Jesus is, just do what he did and go where he went. Jesus who welcomed foreigners and strangers. Jesus who always had a kind word for the underdog. Jesus who stopped and took time with thieves, adulterers, murderers, prostitutes, and foreigners. Do that. And then, as we stand before the Lord God, and he wonders who we are, we can say, I'm with him. That's the good life. 
Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.